a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. We'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock when we'll uh, pass the baton off to Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safely and smartly because he's got important things to think about and talk about. And uh, we're going to go to one of the real great thinkers uh, that I always like to tap into in Washington. We've heard a lot of calls uh, over the last 48 hours that the president or Mitch McConnell and Speaker Pelosi, they need to call members of Congress back back to Washington uh, so that they can work on some some legislation. And uh, so I want to tap into a, a great piece uh, today by James Walner. Uh, James uh, is someone that I rely on heavily when it comes to what's really causing the problems in the Senate. What are the processes? What are the things that are preventing us from doing the people's business? And uh, James is carving out some time from a great location today to join us. James, thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right. So in your piece today, you started to talk about, uh, yes, there is a logjam in the in the Senate. We we generally, generally refer to that as Mitch McConnell. Um, but you said in your piece today that there are ways for members of Congress, if they really want to engage, if they really want to get votes and amendments, there is a way to actually work around it. But there just doesn't seem to be the political will. Yeah, not only that's not only is there a way, there are ways. The, if you just look at the rules, if they just follow the rules that they have right now, there are a number of ways that they can force their colleagues in the United States Senate to to adjudicate their concerns, to vote on issues they care about, whether that be on um, legislation relating to gun control and gun rights, or whether it be legislation relating to election security. It doesn't matter what the piece of legislation is. Senators have tools to force action on it. So uh, without uh, you and I both geeking out and going totally wonky uh, on this program today, we're trying to keep a balance, James, from from wonk to pop culture. Uh, so you're, you're the wonk portion of the program. But without getting too deep in the weeds, uh, again, it, it's easy and is probably beneficial to both parties to be able to say, well, it's a, it's a Mitch McConnell and a Chuck Schumer problem. Uh, rather than individual members using some of these tools, what's one thing that a member of the Senate could do to actually deal with one of these issues around gun control or red flag laws? What could they do to actually get it to the floor? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, 
everybody feels like they should just blame the leaders. And the leaders like that because it makes them seem more powerful than they really are. One of the things that you have to do in the Senate before a bill can, can be debated on the floor is you make a motion to proceed to it. It's like if you're at your family dinner table and you're trying to figure out what you're going to talk about, you have a conversation about what you're going to talk about that evening, right, about or what you're going to do on family vacation, right? And so it's a way of prioritizing business. And the Senate is no different. And you make these things called motions to proceed to legislation. And you have to vote as a Senate on what you want to proceed to or debate or talk about or prioritize. And the majority leader acts like he's the only one who can make these motions. And senators increasingly say that Mitch McConnell blocked this or he blocked that because he won't make the motion. Well, it turns out under the rules, any senator can make a motion to proceed to any legislation that they want to. It's not just the majority leader. In fact, the majority leader hasn't been the only person to make those motions to proceed um, for more than, you know, less than 100 years. I mean, this was only since like the early 1950s where the majority leader was the person who started making these motions to the exclusion of everybody else. Oh, I think that's fascinating. So, again, just uh, for our listeners, if you're just joining us, we have James Walner. Uh, who understands the operation of the Senate better than anybody I know in Washington uh, and who gets how to to use the rules of the Senate to to actually have the Senate function the way the founders intended it to function and the rules of the Senate. Uh, So, James, you've just told us that that any senator can actually make that motion to proceed to a, a particular bill or a particular issue or to a particular vote. Uh, But they've abdicated that to to the majority leader. Uh, and often that's so they have an excuse where they can shrug their shoulders and say, hey, sorry, I, I can't get it. Mitch McConnell's blocking it. Right. They, so they defer to the majority leader to make, to make motions that they could themselves make. And when you see people like Chuck Schumer or Chris Murphy or other senators saying, well, I was blocked. I couldn't do this. I couldn't. There's no action. The Republicans or the Democrats blocked me from doing this. So Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer blocked me from doing this. What they're saying is they went down to the floor. They asked unanimous consent, which is basically asking for everybody's permission, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, Can I, I'd like unanimous consent that we uh, debate and vote on this bill. Well, then somebody objects to it. And then they say, well, I was blocked. And, well, yeah, they, they objected to it. But if you, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a request. It's not a unanimous consent request if, if the people you're asking consent of have no opportunity or no right to refuse their consent. And so it seems pretty obvious to me, if you don't want them to block you from having a debate on what you want to to vote on, then don't ask for their permission and just make a motion to proceed. Don't ask unanimous consent. Mm. But you're right. It it allows them to, uh, it allows senators to throw out their arms and say, well, I'm powerless. I couldn't have done anything. Don't blame me because we're not acting. Blame the other side. But in reality, they have these tools, and it's just a little bit harder. But, you know, every senator has the same power, and they should use that power to do what they say they want to do. Yeah. Uh, we got just about one more minute, James, and I just want to – if you can give me a quick hit on this one. Uh, you reference this idea that, you know, if there are 20 senators on the floor, <laughs> you can you can really move a lot of things and, and go forward. But there are rarely times – and this is a hard thing for our listeners to wrap their heads around – there are rarely times when there are 20 senators on the floor. There never is senators on the floor these days. It's amazing. When I started in the Senate, even when you when I when I first met you when we were in the Senate, um, you would have times where there would be votes and senators would mold around. Mm-hmm. Senator, the late Senator Ted Kennedy from Massachusetts had a wonderful quote. 
<clears throat> where he described the Senate in one of his books as a chemical body. And he says that there's something about the Senate. It's a chemical body. And when you get all of the senators in a room together and they realize that nothing's going to happen until they're not going to go home until something happens, and then they, that's when they get something done. That's when they do things, and that's how it works. And it's inconvenient for the senators. It's inconvenient for the staff. But the last time I checked, that's why they're there. That's why they're there. And, <laughs> and senators should, with their colleagues, persuade them to help them make motions to proceed, to vote on bills, to vote on amendments, to adjudicate the concerns of their constituents, some of which you and I may not like. Then it's incumbent on us to have other arguments and have other senators vote against those things. Yeah. At the end of the day, the, the name of the game is voting. That's what this country is all about. And if our representatives aren't voting, then it seems to me that they're not doing their job. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's that's part of what we're calling for uh, Congress to do. We've, we've thrown out a 21-day challenge. Uh, leaders of both parties from the House and the Senate and the vice president, 21 days to come up with something. Uh, you think that flies? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if they actually did it, I, you know, if they actually heeded your advice, which I think is very sound, if they, I, they, I don't think they'd need 21 days because <laughs> you have really tough issues. But, but there's a great political scientist that I used to read in grad school, and he said that, um, that, that compromise emerges out of the legislative struggle. It emerges out of mm. it. Doesn't, you don't have it until you get on the floor, until you get into the committee rooms, and you start hassling and arguing and negotiating and bargaining. And, and someone offers an amendment, and other people counter. And that's how you begin to get an idea of what you can do. And out of that, you get a compromise. And I, and I believe, and look, these are very important, very controversial issues. People feel yeah. strongly about these issues on all sides. But that's why we have Congress. And if the Congress, and I firmly believe this, if the Congress got together and said, look, we're not going home until we get something done, and they just had a freewheeling, wide-open debate, I don't mm. think they'd even need 21 days. Yeah, I don't think, I, don't, I think they'd get it done in a week. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Fantastic. James Walner, always appreciate your insight on the workings of the Senate. Uh, great article again today. As always, enjoy your uh, time at the lake. Well, have a good one. Thanks for having me. All right, James Walner. All right, time to step aside quickly. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Representative Steve Ellison, who's doing some fantastic work around guns, mental health, and real critical issues here in the state of Utah. Stay with us. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.